You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich and Jake Martin hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Now joining us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline, Scott Briscotta from the uh, West Monroe and Monroe Visitors Bureau. Another huge event coming to this area. The Dixie Majors World Series is back. Scott, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing good, Aaron. Thank you so much for you and Jake for having me on this morning. Uh, I don't know if you've been listening or this week we've been breaking down the best sports movies of all time. Before we get into this uh, huge event that, uh, of course, the Twin Cities is hosting, your best sports movies, who would you have at the top of the list? For me, I have been listening this week, and uh, I'm not sure we all have them, but I, I love the show Hoosiers. Always have. Yes. Jake is a Hoosier hater. I am. <laughs> it's too how slow. Can not like the, how can you not like the little man, you know, rising up, beat, beating the, uh, being the underdog? Oh, you, you mean love the every underdog. other sports movie ever? <laughs> <laughs> is there another that movie that... Is there another movie you had contending with the uh, Hoosiers in your mind? Is the top movie of all time? Uh, no, I guess my next one would be uh, I love Bull Durham, Sandlot. Uh-huh. Both of those are pretty high on the list for me. Well, speaking of baseball, you guys are getting another opportunity to host a pretty cool event. The Dixie Majors World Series is returning. Typically, it's out at ULM. This year, it shifts over to the new Sterlington Complex. How nice is it to get this event back for another year? Oh, it's tremendous. You know, it's uh, it's just another opportunity to bring people into town, to show them uh, hospitality that Monroe, West Monroe, and all of Washtenaw Bears uh, has to offer. Uh, we've had a tremendous uh, turnout last year, and, uh, you know, based on that, the Dixie major officials, the folks that make those uh, those decisions, decided to bring it back again for uh, another year. Uh, I think that's just a testament to uh, – the job that everybody did last year, that they wanted to come back for a second year. So, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and, and to be able to do it out there at Sterlington just is, uh, just makes kind of like a uh, icing on top of the cake. Scott, before we get into the new complex out at Sterlington, listeners are always curious. When you're putting together a presentation like this and you're making a bid for an event of this magnitude, how do you go about it? And what kind of case do you present? Well, I think uh, – uh, couple things kind of come to mind uh history is on our side we've uh we've hosted the dixie major world series several times going back to the uh heck i probably will miss them if i try to name them all but in the early since i've kind of been around the early 2000s we've had a couple since then and then uh so we, we've, we've got a pretty good track record of doing a, a really good job with the uh dixie major program i think the other thing is it's just the uh, facilities come into play uh ulm has been a great partner for uh, many years allowing us to get on their campus and, and do events over there. And then, like you said, now having the uh, new complex at Charlottetown, it's just even uh, made it that much more appealing to have events back here in uh, Washington Parish. You go to conferences and banquets all across the country, and everybody's presenting, of course, what they can bring. How now has the Storrington Complex been a little bit of a game changer for you guys? Yeah, it is probably if you drew a five- or six-hour circle around Monroe, I mean drive time into Monroe, it's probably the nicest complex 
within six hours of uh, of anywhere we could talk about. You know, the, it's got some very uniqueness to it. Uh, it's got ten fields out there, turfed in fields. But what's what's really unique, and, and, and give credit to the folks that built it, had the foresight to do so. It's it's got five fields on one side of a parking lot. It's got five fields on the other side. So you really could have two completely different events all out there at the same time, or if you have enough teams, you could have one large event out there at the same place. So that's one thing that's got some uniqueness about it. The other thing is it's everybody else in the country is building U-size fields. So everybody else is building fields that are 200-foot and 250-foot fences. Uh, Sorrels went out there, and they built high school-length fields. So it opens us up to a, a segment that nobody else was really trying to uh, cater to, uh, so that's really the awesome part is we're able to uh, to go get events and bring them here that nobody else was with either I wouldn't say didn't want but they weren't just catering to their needs. Uh, the five baseball, the five high school length baseball fields out there are the only ones like that. Uh, you know, like I said, there's none in Dallas or Little Rock or Jackson, Mississippi, or even out towards. I think there is some in Atlanta, Georgia, but that's really the closest one that would have anything that's close to what Sterlington has to offer. So, uh, from my understanding, this was an $11 million project, and this is phase one. There's going to be some other things added out there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, from what I understand, uh, the folks in Sterlington plan to build some more fields. Uh, I think they want to put a walking track out there, possibly, possibly some soccer fields. Uh, there's been talk of a uh, 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 like a BMX track or a dirt bike track, so uh, skateboard park, so... Yeah, they've got some big plans, and I think it's going to continue to grow. So, yeah, I think, I think this is just phase one, and I'm not sure exactly what the next uh, thing on the agenda is, but I think they are going to build some additional fields out there. And uh, uh, the, the, the response has been tremendous. Uh, we hope they opened it up in March. Uh, I would say so far to date they've maybe had two or three weekends that were not booked. Other than that, they've had every weekend full 2019 is almost completely full uh, on their calendar, uh, and we're already working on events for 2020. So the response to the uh, complex has been tremendous. Skyper Skyer from the West Monroe Monroe Visitors Bureau joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. So, Scott, there's not exactly a Ritz or a Hilton out there in Sterlington, so what does that mean for hotels in Monroe and West Monroe? Well, you know, uh, it just sort of spreads it around a little bit. Uh, you know, the teams that are staying out there are having to come back to Monroe and stay somewhere probably along I-20 or 165 because that's where the, the majority of the hotels are, are there, whether you go out toward the mall area or out towards Sands and Santa's hotels or come back toward Western Road. So uh, it just sort of spreads the money around. So, But, you know, like I tell most people that are calling in or, 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 or we're trying to uh, – present a case to bring the event to Monroe or, or out to the Sturgeon Complex is, hey, you know, we got low traffic area in this in, in Monroe. You can be at the mall at one of those hotels and back out to the Sturgeon Complex in 15 or 20 minutes. So, you know, if you were staying in Dallas and had an event there, you're going to drop 35 or 40 minutes to get to their complex. So, really, uh, it's, it's really an easy commute back. Uh, I know it feels like for us to do it maybe every day, but it's a bit of a drive, but for those folks that come from Houston or Dallas or another place like that, the commute from the from the hotels back out to the Sturgeon Complex is, is really pretty minimal. So uh, I know uh, we had a tournament out there last weekend, Chuck Knobloch, if you remember that name. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, long-time Major League Baseball player. He actually has a team that's an 18 and under, and he played an event out there, and he was very complimentary of the complex. He stayed at uh, uh, one of the hotels out by the mall and thought that drive was nothing to it. Of course, like I said, coming from a place like Houston, it was a p- pretty easy drive back and forth for the hotels for them. So it really hasn't been a, uh, a hindrance for us at all. Uh, uh, having hotels in one location and the complex back towards Sterlington. All right, Scott, so that leads to the loaded question. I think we all agree Sulphur has done a fabulous job hosting the softball championships and now yeah. baseball. How does an area wrestle one of those events away from Sulphur? Well, uh, well, that's a good question. I think part of it is, is, is uh, you know, when I said I talked a minute, a minute ago about track record, uh, you got to give those guys credit down there. They've done a tremendous job of just taking ownership of that event, both the softball and the baseball. Uh, so much, in, in fact, I think the LHSA has gone out and give them, where most of their sporting events are two-year contracts, I think they've gone out and given those guys, at least on the softball side, a four-year contract. So that tells you what they, that LHSA is thinking about the job that Sulphur's doing. I think to wrestle it away, uh, uh, there's got to be a lot of buy-in. Uh, when I went down there, when my wife, Lori, uh, was coaching at West Washington and at Sterlington, and I went down there to watch some of the games, what I was most impressed with was the time Sulphur really bought in. I mean, it wasn't just the CVB or the Convention, Convention Business Bureau or, or the Recreation Department there in Sulphur, which they both did a tremendous job, but the entire town, the, school, the high school there at Sulphur, you had people volunteering to park cars. You had people volunteering to help move the concession stand along uh, line uh, a little bit faster. So I think that's the thing we'd have to really sit down and really uh, uh, kind of see if we could come away with a good plan to have an entire region, whether it be Charlotte or Monday or whoever, kind of come up with a plan to say, what can we do differently? What can we do better? How can we present a plan that would be, uh, that would top what sulfur does? And I'll be honest, it would be uh, something that would take a, a lot of buy-in and a lot of people to kind of say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Dixie Major World Series out at the Sterlington Complex. Uh, opening ceremonies tomorrow? That's right. We're going to do it at the uh, ULM's campus at the sub uh, right there on, and right there in the heart of campus. Uh, the Student Union Building uh, will be the location for that. It's free to the public. Start, starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, uh, we'll, have, we'll present all the teams. Uh, Coach Federico was uh, kind enough to come say a few words. Uh, to the players, just as a motivational speech. Uh, so that'll be from 6 to about 7.30, and we'll we'll crank it off out there at Sterlington uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock. There's, there's two games at 2, there's two games at 4, and there's two games at 6. Uh, for, I guess, for our local interest, the Monroe team is coached by Jay Culver, uh, and his game's actually at 6 o'clock versus Lowell, Mississippi, uh, on field 5. Uh so if anybody's got don't have any plans, uh, like I said, it's a that's the that's really the awesome part of having the complex at Sterlington. Whereas we've always had to play these Dixie Major tournaments on a single field setting. Being able to play uh, on a five field complex like that, we're able to back the games up a little bit, play two games at one time. And, you know, if there's an exciting finish to one game, uh, the crowd could sort of gravitate to that particular field. So. Uh, yeah, if you don't have anything to do, we'd love to have people come out. It's $7 to get into the gate. Uh, that ticket will get you into all the games uh, Saturday. And then, of course, uh, we'll, we'll open the gates back up again on Sunday. Game times are the same at 2, two o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. 
Scott, as always, we appreciate the, the time. Do not back down from uh, Hoosiers, even though these young whippersnappers will give you a hard time. It is certainly <laughs> one of the right. best sports movies of all time. Thank you, bud. That's right, Aaron. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. You bet. Thanks, bud. So, um, Hoosiers. Let's revisit that real quick. Let me tell you why I am so against it. So, Jimmy has Hoosiers number one, Blindside two, Facing the Giants, Sandlot four, and then Bad News Bears at five. He also says Facing the Giants in parentheses, really bad acting, but great life lessons. Um, Hoosiers. I remember loving it when I was a kid. I remember in college, I sat down with a couple of buddies and we were like, let's let's watch a movie let's watch Hoosiers Rewatched it and I was bored out of my mind I was bored out of my mind for the first what hour so I just remember thinking the whole time watching it it's going called I, character development I remember right. thinking man I used to love this movie why is this so slow why am I so bored mm. you shouldn't have if you can't rewatch a movie you know that's got to affect it somehow mm. right We'll revisit our top ten list. I'm at number six. The countdown continues after the break. You can continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. We're back after this. All right, only 45 minutes to go in the show, but we got a lot to break down and a lot to accomplish, Jake, as Top Ten Thursday continues to roll on. Yes, and continue to send us your favorite sports movies. Brandon says, Aaron, I got chills listening to your clip from The Rookie, my favorite clip of that movie. That was, of course, your number 10. The one that Jake said that uh, oh, did nothing for him. Called so it cheesy. horrible acting by the kid. Yes. But, uh, fire this actor. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of the industry. No, I had the rookie. Watch him be like a famous actor today or something. I had the rookie at number nine. My uh, top 10 list so far an oldie but goodie breaking away coming at 10. Nine, the rookie at eight for the love of the game at seven. Seabiscuit. Yeah. Uh, minus 10, Rocky 4. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry, Aaron, but I just remembered that mound visit again, and that just really <laughs> bothers me. 10, Rocky 4. 9, I, Tanya. 8, Moneyball. 7, Friday Night Lights. 6, The Sandlot. We do agree, though, that uh, Rocky 4 deserves to be on the list. You had it at number 10. 10. I've got it at number 6. Do we also agree that it's very uh, weird and Flawed and cheesy. Yes, it's cheesy, but man, it's good. Yeah, the training season scenes are phenomenal, and of course, the cultivation of the, the big fight in the Russia. training scene is the best part of that yeah. movie. Yeah. Whenever he's training, and and it makes no sense as to why he's like you don't see him sparring at all. He's just chopping wood. And yeah. doing so. Like, how does this help you in a fight, Rocky? But uh, it doesn't matter. It still gets you motivated. All right, I got Rocky Four at number six. We dive into our top five, and I'll let you go first. My number five is The Fighter. So The Fighter, I believe, came out more than a decade ago, or maybe maybe not that long ago. But it stars uh, Christian Bell and Mark Wahlberg, and it's a true story about Mickey Ward. Those of you who love boxing know Mickey Ward has been in some of the greatest fights of all time with, with uh, Gotti. Um, but Mickey Ward, of course, was – the the I think he's half brother of, of Dicky, um, and Dicky is played by Christian Bell, and he is a drug addict. And in this movie, the movie centers around Mickey trying to uh, become more than just a gatekeeper, trying to be a legitimate contender. Meanwhile, Dicky thinks that HBO is following him around because they're going to get his comeback. Because back in the day, Dicky actually knocked down 
Sugar Ray Leonard. Now people will say they had the actual film in the movie too. It looks like a slip. Yeah. But Dickie, of course, claims that he knocked him down. Anyway, uh, this movie – I forgot to add this clip. This movie's great because you're watching it, and it's like one gut punch after another because you really do like Mickey, and you're rooting for Mickey through the movie, yet he can't win a fight. He's, he's struggling to, uh, to to get any positive momentum because his life is breaking down around him. Dickie goes to jail uh, because he's he got into a, um, some kind of scam with a police officer. And while this is all going on, Mickey's having a fight in the middle of the movie, and he's just getting his butt kicked. And they have a scene where Dickie's talking to his mom. His mom is watching the fight and detailing the fight to him. And he's saying, he's got to go to the head. He's got to go to the body. Got to go to the body, Ma. And finally, he goes to the body, which is what Dickie told him on a jail visit. And Mickey knocks him down. And then it's just, I remember watching that and going, like, rooting for it. Like, I don't really get sucked up into these movies a lot because a lot of things are cliche. And I'm, you can expect a lot of things. That movie had me rooting for Mickey. So because of that, I really did love that movie. And uh, I still go back to that corner scene, too, at the very end when he says, you, you, you take everything that we've been through, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, foul language in yeah. there, which we couldn't play. But uh, it's it's such a good, powerful, motivating scene. It was a good movie, but I don't know if it's better than Remember the Titans. I have that number five. We made this debate whether or not you should uh, give it bonus points, the fact that it's based on a true story. Anytime you got Denzel uh, Washington in a movie, I think you're going to hit it out of the ballpark. We know how important football is to, of course, Louisiana, Texas, same could be said perhaps in Virginia, bringing a community together. Remember, the Titans is pretty darn good. Yeah. uh, Honorable mention for me. Because I think, you know, they did a good good movie, but it's a lot of it's Disney-fied. Can we admit that? Can we admit that it's Disney-fied? And it's a lot of the race – racism messages are like so blatant Mm -hmm. like they didn't let you as the viewer kind of see the uh what what am i looking for it's like see the symbolism and things they hit it i mean they say hey this is racist 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 so it's like okay but overall i I do like i go back to that movie i like the scene where uh the the referees are blatantly throwing the flags on them and then the the d coordinator i forgot his name he used to be the coach he calls them over he says I don't want them to get another yard. Yeah. And then it's just earth, bone-shattering hit after bone-shattering hit. I love that part. I mean, that as as a you know a man, it gets the testosterone going. So uh, I, I like that part. Jake's got uh, at number four, and it's a shocker that I do not have this on my top ten, considering I grew up in Iowa. Field of Dreams. When what? Talk, when you talk about movies that sometimes drag, and you've made this argument, yeah. Field of Dreams, there are certain moments that certainly uh, you're like, oh, can we get on with this? I agree. Move this movie along. True. But then it comes to this iconic scene, and boy, it's going to hit you in the old. Can I ask you something? Is, is this heaven? It's Iowa. Iowa? The Iowa Chamber of Commerce is like, that may be the greatest line (laughs) in any movie of any time. So... I know what you're thinking. You're like, you're such a hypocrite because you've made fun of these moments. Yeah, the you whole think show. Hoosiers is slow. You made fun of these moments the whole show. Well, here's here's what I say to that. 
this moment is this whole movie is a is a fantasy movie. It's not made to be taken literal. It's not made to be. It's not like they're trying to portray actual real life sporting event. It's about him building a field and ghosts from the past come, including his dad. And when he says, "Dad, you want to have a catch?" I mean, that's we can all identify with that, man. That can touch all of our hearts right there. So for that, I, I still hold that uh, this movie in a high regard because of that. All right, I'll take a pass at number four. I've got Rudy, and of course we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, you've got at number three, and I think we can certainly make this argument. We both have it at number three. Nice. Major League. Oh, love Major League. It's so rewatchable. I, I think it's the most rewatchable of any sports movie. I'll argue that. Um, anytime it's on, I can stop and watch it because it's so funny. And uh, it's it's actually got, like for a movie that is a comedy, it's actually got some moments that really make you root for these this this band of misfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, this clip we have here of when Vaughn gets the call to come out and they're playing Wild Thing. Haywood likes the hard stuff out over the plate, so bust him in and don't get up with anything. You listening to me, Rick? Yeah. Okay, you're my man. Go get him, kid. So good, man. Yeah. But I could have played a lot of different clips from that movie. Yeah. One clip I thought about was just a bit yeah. outside. Still to this day, I've seen it a thousand times. It still cracks me up. Bob Euchre hit it out of the ballpark. He did. He was so good. Harry Doyle. Harry Doyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He makes that movie really, you, uh, when you think about it. I mean, all of his commentary throughout the. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. it's like he's he's the voice of the insufferable fan. I mean, the fans have just been through so much, and they have to watch this type of baseball. Ken makes a good point on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance text line. All right, he says, "Hate, hate, hate boxing movies." Oh, in real life, one clean shot ends the fight with a knockout. In Rocky type movies, two hundred uncontested <laughs> headshots. And miracu- miraculously, the fighter is unfazed. Please agree with that yeah. to a degree. Um, I mean, you. I mean, there's there've been fight. I've seen so many fights where guys don't have any defense, but they go the distance just because they're they're tough and they grit it out. But when you're thinking about the Rocky movies, that was that's what I always say about the earlier Rocky movies: is the boxing scenes don't hold up because of what you just stated, Ken. And because some of them, they're, they're swinging at air. And so that's why I think Creed is by far, not by far, but Creed is the best movie of the franchise. We'll get to that later. Continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762. Jake, how's our poll going on the Twitter pages? Listeners, this week we put together this little tournament, and now we are down to the final three where listeners will determine their best movie of all time. So we've got the Sandlot still running away with it. They've got 50% of the vote over Rocky and Field of Dreams. And Richie says, choosing five is harder than I thought. Number one, Rocky. Number two, Major League. Three, Bull Durham. Four, The Fighter. Five, remember the Titans. Let's take a timeout. Coming up after the break, our countdown continues. The top three sports movies of all time. We're back after this. All right, Jake, a summer of debates boils down to this. Put that in a script. Rewind. It boils down to this. Top two movies of all time. Uh, you know what my top two movies are. I've talked about them yeah. for weeks now. So my number two is Creed. 
I, I did not realize this. Uh, Creed did extremely well with just a budget. I say just a budget of forty million. Box office, one hundred seventy-four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep, killed it. Two thousand and fifteen, Creed came out. All right, so you say that this movie is not memorable. I completely disagree. The issue that I could listen to, like if someone had an issue with this, they could say, well, it builds off of the past success. Okay, that's kind of like the Marvel debate right now. Like, should you demote Infinity War because it builds off of all the other Marvel movies? That's that's a debate for another day. As far as Creed goes, though, you're talking about memorable moments. I think from the, the first time he meets Rocky – uh, in in uh, Adrian's restaurant, uh, to you're talking about the, some of the training scenes, to um, the actual the, the the fight he had with, against I can't remember the, the kid's name, but the the first real fight he had with Rocky in his corner, that was a that was one shot, incredible to have a boxing scene one shot and to, to be that well and to be that realistic. That's the closest uh, to to a realistic boxing match that we've seen in a movie. I'll argue. Now, move on to um, so, some of the moments where Rocky gets cancer and he has to uh, – he doesn't want to get the treatment because everyone has died. Paulie has died. Adrian's died. He said, if, if I ever get this, I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to get cured because I'm just waiting to die. And Creed's like, what am I to you? I, I'm, you're just my trainer? Is that all you are to me? And Rocky basically says that, so Creed kind of goes off on his own. They end up reuniting and – they have this hospital scene where Rocky agrees to fight the cancer. Rocky's getting treatment. Creed's got this big fight coming up, and he says, what are you doing? You're wasting time. You need to start training. So he starts training, and this starts my favorite training montage in any Rocky movie. I know that sounds uh, crazy, but from him working out in the hospital to going out to the streets and running to joining the ATVs that were running up and down that street, he says, let's go find Rocky. They start playing the old school song, and then they pipe in the Meek Mill to, to make it kind of a modernized version. Why Meek Mill? Well, Meek Mill's from Philadelphia. Why do I not remember this? 2015, I sat there in the movie theater and I watched this. It was incredible. I don't know why you don't remember it, but it was so awesome because he gets there. He says, let's go Let's go run to Rocky. He runs to Rocky. Rocky's looking out the window. He's, he's shadow boxing. All the ATVs are around him. I mean, it's so cool, man. And then... He goes and has the fight, and it leads to this moment where he gets knocked down. Uh, I think it's in, like, the 11th round. He gets knocked down, and he he jumps back up, and he just survives the round. He gets back to his corner, and he and Rocky have this conversation. How many fingers? How many of them is? Four. And again. Two. Time in! All right. Breathe through your mouth. Deep breath, kid. Deep. You are up on the cards. You're winning this. You are going to win this. But just keep smart and keep away from me. He's going to sleep this time. He's going out this round. I should have stopped this movie, your father. I'm stopping this one now. Don't, okay? Let me finish. I got to prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Look at me. I never got a chance to thank Apollo for helping me out after Mickey died. But it's nothing compared to what you've done. You taught me how to fight again. I'm going to go home and I'm going to fight this thing. But if I fight, I want you to fight too. I want you to go across this ring and knock this down. Can you do it? Say it. I'm going to knock that down. I know you are. You know why? Because you're a Creed and I love you, kid. 
What a great edit job by uh, Aaron Dietrich. Did I get an Academy Award for that? <laughs> it made it better. Is that right to do that to your second best sports <laughs> movie of all time? I Whatever. had to edit it. Whatever. That was pretty good. No, it's good, man. And it's it's also good because that, that's right. He felt he was a mistake his whole life. I mean, he grew up, you know, in and out of trouble. And finally, um, Apollo, his dad, Apollo's wife, took him in. It's not his real mother, but she took him in. And then he goes off to pursue the path that his father had. This is what's wrong with Jake's list, though. He's got Creed. It is a good movie. I don't think it's top ten because I can't remember very much of it. But Hoosiers is nowhere to be found on no. the list. You have characters like Shooter, Normandale, Jimmy Chitwood, and it's based on a true story. So? Doesn't crack the list. And I don't have a clip from it either. Which doesn't <laughs> you don't seem have a right. clip to play. I know. That's horrible. Hoosiers is number two. But he says, well, I was going to watch it now, but never mind. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hey, you need to get caught up anyway because Creed Two is coming out later this year and he's fighting Drago's son. So, come on. <laughs> All right, uh, the countdown now gets to number one. Ooh. Go ahead. You got honors. Wait, wait. What was your number two? Uh, Hoosiers. Hoosiers, yes. Okay. My number one's – wait a minute. Where is Rudy on your list? At number four. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, that's my number one. Of course, shocker. I've been talking about it the whole time. I think this is the best sports movie Um well, I, I won't say that. I'll say it's my personal favorite because I love college football more than any other yes. sport. We I, get it, Jake. Okay. You love college football. You love Notre Dame. You love Matt Canada. And you love Moody. Okay, I love Notre Dame now. Um, anyway, this uh, I could have picked a number of clips from this movie, and I, and I struggled picking just one. I ultimately went with this uh, speech where he finds um, uh, the, the – who was it again? The Rudy? janitor or whatever. Uh, the, um, he finds <laughs> I forgot. He finds him in the stadium. Uh, Rudy had just quit the football yeah. team, and he gets a pep talk. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone prove that I worked. what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. Sorry, I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude, so I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life. You won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. Oh, bring the orchestra up just at the right time. Yeah, really good stuff, man. I, I, I adore this movie. Budget only of $12 million for Rudy came out in 1993. Box office, not exactly a big box office hit. 
$23 million. Wow. That's his number one. I've got, of course, the original, the Rocky. There's so many scenes, iconic scenes from this. Uh, I got a short one here. doesn't do it justice, but we all know the movie by now. They're in the corner. It's Rocky and Nick. Oh, oh, he tagged him. Chapman got a left to the ribs, his right ribs. Oh, this has been a tremendous... I can't see nothing. Gotta open my eye. Cut me, Mick. Don't wanna do it. Oh, cut me. Cut me. <laughs> All right, two questions for you. One, when you rewatch Rocky, I'm not even gonna bring up the the boxing scenes. Does Polly's character just bother you? Like. Watching him in Rocky One, it's so much different than watching him in like Rocky Four or Rocky Three. Like he just seems so abusive and just weird. Yeah, that's a good point. Is that the the okay? Second thing, you gotta have an oddball. Second, <laughs> more than an oddball. Second thing, if you have this much admiration for the original Rocky, how do you not like or remember Creed? That's true. I, I don't get that. Next Maybe you weeks, watch I'm going to track down that Creed and watch it again. You need to rewatch it because I feel like you watched it on a bad day because if you're a, a real fan of Rocky, like I don't see how you watch Creed and just don't like it. 888-993-7762. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? John Tabor has done a fabulous job of running the board and, of course, lining up uh, these clips throughout the last hour and 41 minutes. Tabor, time for you to weigh in. Favorite m- sports movie of all time. Ooh, uh. I usually, my first thought's always Bull Durham. I do have one wild card. It's old and probably, Jake's probably never heard of it, but Pride of the Yankees with Gary Cooper. Oh, yeah. The speech. Yes. Mm. Actually, I had someone suggest that yesterday as a, as a top sports movie. Ken uh, says, uh, really enjoy your shows when you rank the best this, the worst that. Guys love to rank things. We have strong opinions and will argue for hours about their best restaurant for, say, ribs. Girls hate those kind of conversations. They want to talk for hours about what they did today. Here's a topic if you've not covered this already. Best high school football teams in North Louisiana in the past 25 years. Ken, that is a fabulous idea. It really is. And, I, that, man, what a task. That's why we're going to need the listener's help. That is the early front runner for next Thursday on Top 10 Thursday. Best high school football team from North Louisiana in the last 25 years. It'd be pretty good. It would be good, but uh, you're going to upset some people. That's good. You're going to leave off some really good teams. Uh, Just like we left off some really good movies. (laughs) That's true. All right, one final plug, Jake, uh, on our Twitter, how people can vote. At Morning Drive 977. The Sandlot is going to be dubbed the best sports movie by us if you don't get out there and vote for either Rocky or Field of Dreams. Different Ken says, no way Rocky isn't number one. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this with our parting shots, and we revisit some big headlines from the sports world. We're back after this. Welcome back to the show. You want to run through some uh, headlines because there were a few besides the best sports movies of all time. Sure, take it away. Uh, Julio Jones, we talked about this yesterday. We thought that he was not going to report to the camp. 
for the Dirty Birds, and I don't think that bothered a lot of Saints fans that much. Now Atlanta coming out and saying that Julio will be in camp, even though they say they will not renegotiate his deal. He's got three years left on his contract. You're hoping that Atlanta did not back down to his demands. He signed well, his saying, contract literally two years ago. They're saying uh, they'll address it in 2019. Yeah, so they. it's like, hey, we'll uh, come play. We'll, we'll talk. He, they must have told him something, yeah. though, to get him to come out and play. He must have heard something he liked. Speaking of another uh, high-profile wide receiver, Des Bryant still is a free agent, but there has been there have been discussions of him joining Cleveland. Interesting. I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. You know, you you already have Jarvis there. Yeah. How reliable is Josh Gordon? Not. <laughs> Not reliable <laughs> at all. So you get a guy like Des Bryant in there, yeah. Who do you think this has done to Des Bryant's ego? Humbled him just a you bit. You would think. Yeah. Um but then again, you know, not enough to turn down who was it, the Ravens. The Ravens did offer him, and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Des Bryant lands in Cleveland. Some would say that's the perfect place for him. I, I like that. I actually do like that. Uh, Des's former boss uh, Jerry Jones, of course, holding his uh, annual pre-camp press conference and talking about, of course, the national anthem. These are interesting times we live in when a, a NFL owner says that uh, president's comments are problematic. Very interesting times. <laughs> yes. I, I Every day I get on Twitter and I wonder how did my life end up this way. Other NFL news and notes. Uh, Louisiana Tech favorite Carlos Henderson. He had an injury-plagued rookie campaign. Henderson, of course, with the Denver Broncos. The first initial report was that he had not reported to training camp. And now the Broncos have come back and said that uh, he was excused for a family reason. But this is a big year for Carlos Henderson. A lot of fans up there and, of course, the players that they drafted at wide receiver, uh, Carlos could be squeezed out in Denver already. hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, The Saints reported to camp yesterday. They will actually hit the practice field for the first time uh, later today. The biggest news literally coming out of New Orleans yesterday, Saints-related, was the fact that they made it official. Zach Streif, the recently retired offensive lineman, has been now named to replace Jim Henderson as the voice of the Saints. Aaron, Maybe this will get you to listen to a Saints broadcast. What do you mean? I, I, so I'm not one of those guys that you know turns down the volume and listens to the radio. I used to do that, but I'm just not one of those guys that does that anymore. But that said, I, I, I could care less at this point, Aaron. <laughs> I couldn't care less. Sorry. I just did my own pet peeve. Um, But, like, we talked about it so much. And, okay, he's finally got the job. That's fine. Whatever. Streep was nervous before a playoff game. I can only imagine what that first preseason game will be like for him behind the mic. Oh, oh, I can't wait. I I can only imagine. (laughs) Am I faking it good enough? Uh, Ronnie. All right. Ronnie joins us on the Stuart Shelby uh, Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Jake, you are not nearly faking that good enough. You got to do way <laughs> better than that, dude. I'm just yeah. saying. I, Look, I act I like some want, of the I, guys in his movies. <laughs> Look, I, I've been waiting for this topic to come back up. I I was a color guy. I did Sterlington football on the radio, and you guys have heard me say that before for quite a few years. But I, I only did color. Well, Chris Bentley had to miss a game one Friday night 
and the logical step up was for me to do play by play. I know, look, I don't probably near have the experience that Zach Streif has, but listen to me. The worst thing I ever did was try to do play by play. My dad coached football. I played football. I understand the game. I, I did a fair job, I guess, at color. But when you move to play-by-play, there is a different dynamic. And I was literally scared to death the entire night. And it was the poorest job anyone had ever done on play-by-play at any level, I assure you. (laughs) If if he'd never done play-by-play and he's fixing to try to step into that on that level, that's just unbelievable to me. I can't fathom making that move. He has been practicing, though, with monitors and other gimmicks. I, You know, I practiced, too, trying to – when I found out I was going to have to do that game, it, look, it just didn't work. And maybe I'm just not destined to be good at it. I don't know. But it, it was the it was the worst night of my life, just about. It, I, I, I can't begin to tell you how – Ronnie, are you, still having, are you still having nightmares from this? Man, this sounds I bad. I have nightmares from that. I <laughs> – I, I said something. One uh, one of the guys was laughing. Of course, they listened in the stands, and they were they were turning around, cheering for me, and waving at me, and laughing with me. And by the end of the game, we were all just. I was laughing at myself. We on one particular play that uh, I think we were play. Uh, I believe it was against. I believe the game I did was the OCS game, and I said something to the effect of, "The problem is on offense. OCS has too many white jerseys." When they have the ball, there's too many white jerseys around the ball. And usually they say that on the defense. But I, right. I, I just royally screwed that game up. It was not even pleasant. Poor Ronnie. Well, at least you picked a game I nobody was listening to, Stewington OCS. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. Tense all one on the schedule. Kill, <laughs> I could still kill Chris Bentley for missing that game. So, anyway, Thank have you, a Ronnie. good day, guys. We'll see good you. story, Ronnie. Yeah, good stuff. Oh. Well, let's hope Zach Streif does a little bit better than that. Mm. Let's get to our parting shots. Look here. Look here, Blondie. God, I hate to hear that. I hate to hear that. And you and Nick up there at your little punch and juice show, y'all kind of made fun of it and went on to the next subject. I don't know why we can't understand that. And y'all treat me like garbage, man. Well, I don't really care to answer the critics. Y- y'all trumped up all over me. Wrong. That is absolute wrong. I'm a crowd pleaser. That's what I do. I'm trying to play in my crowd. And I don't really care about that. It's the end of the conversation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, Jake, we do a horrible job of this. We certainly need to do a better job in the future. Neither of us do a good job of just literally promoting what we do besides this two hours. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. I never promote myself. This is a small portion of what we do throughout the day, but it certainly gets the day off to a great start. Yeah. Hey, a couple of days ago, I went and spent some time at a Camp Quality. Just a remarkable place. Literally uh, it's going on 30 years now. They have uh, kids that have cancer. And they get an opportunity just for a week to come and just be a kid. No worries. Uh, Some of them are still in chemo. Others are in remission. But they just get an opportunity to get out there and be a kid for a week. This year, there's 25 kids out at uh, King's Camp out by Marouge. Just to be able to spend literally an hour, hour and a half with them and just seeing how much fun they were out having out there was an incredible experience. And to have camps like this for kids like this, outstanding totally funded by you know private donations 
I'll have that story for you. I think we're going to run it probably tomorrow night. A new segment I'm, I'm trying to get off the ground at KNOE. I'm doing more human interest stories, trying to you know continue to do sports, but also try to get into the storytelling aspect of it and more you know just non-sports related stuff. So if you certainly have a story you want to share with me, tell it to me. It's called What's Your Story? I'd love to hear it. There's so many great stories and individuals throughout Northeast Louisiana that I'd love to showcase, and it doesn't have to be sports related. Kind of like the guys this morning we had, Jacob Brister and James Davison. How cool is this? Just two Louisiana Tech kids uh, come up with this harebrained idea, some would say, hey, let's kayak down the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> Something you and I would never do. They're 58 days into it, and they've still got another 330 miles to go. Oh, brother. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What you working on? I'll match your plug with one of my own. So I'm working on a, a big story on Johnny Robinson. Um, Johnny Robinson, of course, played with the Kansas City Chiefs after playing with the LSU Tigers, actually on that national championship team, actually blocked for Billy Cannon on the Halloween run. So pretty cool stuff there. I got to visit with him yesterday, spent a couple hours at his house, and I tell you, it's stuff like that that, you know, you just want to sit there and talk for days. And and it was one of those stories where I had an idea of where I wanted to take the story. I wanted to connect his, his retirement and his Hall of Fame pursuit which, by the way, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the only person on the 1960s all-decade team, we're talking NFL and AFL combined team, that hasn't been in, 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 in to the, or invited into the Hall of Fame. So he, he d- definitely deserves it. And, uh, but while I'm, I'm doing this story and, and I'm talking about his, his boy's home that he's had for over 38 years, it's so hard to keep in track on, on the story that you're doing when you just want to ask him about, Paul Dietzel and Billy Cannon and going up against guys like Bart Starr in the Super Bowl and playing in Super Bowl four with broken ribs. I mean, I could have talked with him all day, uh, but Johnny Robinson, uh, a very humble man, uh, a, a great ambassador for football. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I like it. You're finally getting some history, man. Oh, yeah, man. Look, I, I could sit if you're talking football history, I could chat for hours upon hours with somebody. Uh, speaking of a guy that I always love visiting with, and we need to give a shout-out to him, OK Buddy Davis, a legend in this area and in the sports uh, sports writing uh, world. He celebrates uh, a birthday today. Happy birthday to Buddy Davis. Certainly miss, it, uh, miss having him at press conferences on a weekly basis. For sure. What do we got going on tomorrow? Tomorrow we will have Tim Crater will actually join us. He'll, he's, his fighter, Dustin Poirier, takes the main event on Fox Saturday night against Eddie Alvarez. So we'll ask him how Dustin's preparation is going for Eddie Alvarez. Still got a couple of minutes. We're going to squeeze Jimmy on the end of the show. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Jimmy, what's up, bud? Hey, Aaron. How you guys doing, man? I enjoy listening to you guys every day. I wanted to call in because uh, I get it that Jake likes Rudy. He doesn't like Hoosiers because he played the game of football, so he gets it. But listen, if you ever played the game of basketball, if you ever played in Cracker, Jack, Cracker Box gyms like they did in little towns of Indiana, that's all they knew. That's all the fans knew. It was an event. You go from a small gym playing all season, you go to a large field house like they played in championships. That's a huge difference if you ever played the game. So you saw all the nuances of the movie, and that's why I enjoyed it. You said it was slow. Now nah, it's great. Great. Rudy's a little slow, too, but it's a great movie, too. Because you, you get it. When you play the game, you understand. But it's cool. I enjoyed listening to the movies uh, this week. There's so many out there. 
day. Wait, wait, one, one quick question. Which one's better, Hoosiers or Rudy? Oh, Hoosiers, man. Hoosiers for me because I played the game. So I didn't, I didn't get to play football. I was too skinny, so I played basketball. <laughs> Slam dunk. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for listening. Hi, right, guys. Appreciate you. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Great job on the board today, John Tabor. The guys are lining up. They are raring to go. The Edge is coming up after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.